Well, good morning, Kate. Good morning. For everyone out there, this is an, a new version of Instigating Women and Friends, um, an episode a series that Liz and I started a, a while back, and Liz decided to take the summer off, and Kate's gracious enough to uh, now join. So thank you for being here, Kate. Um, and for those of you that have listened in the past, Instigating Women and Friends is merely um, a video series to help up uplift women and friends. Um, we find that professional women are generally those that suffer a little bit from imposter syndrome and a little more from the inner critic than, than others. And so we just want to provide our professional perspectives. We also want to bring a coaching slant um, to the series and, and truly lift anyone up uh, that wants to enjoy this and, and have a little fun. So Kate, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Kate Marib. Um, I have 20 years of experience in the tech industry. Um, I started coaching about five years ago, and it's something that really energizes my soul and makes it so that, um, you know, that personal connection that I get is um, something that I bring with me uh, in other relationships in the tech industry. Um, and uh, I am located on the West Coast. You might see me in Portland. You might see me in California. Sometimes you'll see me in Arizona, um, but I'm most of the time in California. Today, I'm in the Pacific Northwest. Okay. And for those of you that know me, just a quick uh, review. I have come from a healthcare background, 25 plus years um, as a leader and, and then as an executive. And I reside in the Midwest and am in Michigan today. So Kate and I talked earlier in the week and thought uh, resilience would be a good topic. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, uh, Kate's a little under the weather today. And, and we just commented that maybe that's a great topic uh, for resilience. But in general, um, resilience is something that uh, many are suffering uh, without resilience. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of stress. Um, we've certainly uh, talked about the pandemic for a while, but there is war, there are shootings, there are, there's just so much heavy stuff um, that resilience is, is going to be a key. And uh, coaching uh, really does help all of us um, with different methodologies to become more resilient um, as best as we can. So just wanted to talk about that for a few minutes today and, and hopefully give you all some, some new insights and some new ideas. So Kate, um, what are your thoughts so far? So for me, um, resilience has really been a, a journey. Um, it was something that I, because of the way that I grew up, pretty poor, um, worked three jobs while I was going to college, took five years to go through college. Um, there, there was a lot of um, what I'd call endurance of just like holding on and getting through. Um, and as a result of that, I discounted my own resilience, um, discounted my own strength because I figured, well, if I could do it and I was a little girl from Benson, Arizona, then anyone could do it. Um, and I think that that did a disservice to myself and, um, and, and my journey, but also to others who were maybe struggling with something different or something less than what I was um, struggling with. So 
um, I went, you know, through work with this kind of warrior mentality of suck it up, buttercup, like just <laughs> grab, grab your, grab your bootstraps and let's go. Like, what are you, what are you whining about? Um, so it's been, my journey has been a, a journey of kind of softening, um, of recognizing, you know, my methodology wasn't always great for my mental health, um, but honestly, you know, didn't have time to deal with that. Um, so um, my own methodology was kind of just like push through, power through, endure. Um, once you get, you know, those, those words of like, oh, I'll be happy when, or I'll be okay when, or whatever. And now I'm much more conscientious. So I'll kind of look at a week or a month. And even with social and, and engagements or extracurricular activities, I'll look at my month. Um, I, for those of you who might know me, I, I love a good planner. I love a good calendar, <laughs> many of them. Um, and I'll look at the month and I'll kind of say, okay, well, I've got an event here or um, I'm going to a ball game here. Um, I won't schedule other things on top of it um, or I'll be careful about the social interactions that I have on top of it um, or I'm teaching a class here at work so I need to make sure that I'm not you know accepting other things on on top of that in that week so that um, I have the time to take breaths and um, take a pause when I need to um, but even recently with um, this you know I've been sick for uh, a week and a half now, which is, doesn't seal, seem bad, um, but it's on top of a, um, an, a back injury that has caused some mobility issues. And what I didn't realize is that I had my schedule normally had um, just enough room for the things that I had in it. And so an unexpected um, physical illness Kind of turned that upside down. I had to rethink trips that I had scheduled. I had to rethink um, what I can do in a particular week at work because you know physical therapy and um, spinal appointments and whatever they're only available during Monday through Friday. So um, realizing that I didn't have any what they call um, you know extenuating capacity. Um, in ER, I think is what they call it. Like I didn't have that. And so that it, I was, I was pretty, I was on a pretty thin line. So even just one more thing kind of um, really stressed me out, really impacted my resilience. Um, and then, you know, you have that downward spiral of, gosh, this is never gonna, this is never gonna end. And, you know, it just feels um, really heavy. And a little bit of depression happened when um, my, my mobility was affected. Um, so th that's what, when we talk about resilience, it's like the first thing that comes to my mind is like, I thought I was doing pretty well. <laughs> and then life has a funny way of giving you a learning moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you can either, uh, sit in it and it feel really heavy or, or you can laugh at what life is trying to give you and make the most of it a, a little bit. Um, and it really is up, up to us to choose, um, mm -hmm. you know, you know, same here. I, you know, a lot of people look at career trajectory and, and what I'm, I'm doing now and, and don't realize I grew up in a small town in Southern Indiana, had a mom that suffered from bipolar mania. Um, and, and with that, 
I learned that life is like this. So I might appear to be calm and courageous. Um, it really is just that, you know, I, I know, I, you know, after the highs, there are just going to be natural lows and in this swing and tendency. And yet on the whole, um, life is good. Um, and we can find whatever we want to find. We can see whatever we want to see. And, and I don't want to sound too cliche, but you know, my daughter and I play slug bug in the car and man, who would have thought, um, and, and if we weren't looking for it, we would, we wouldn't see all of those. Um, I went on a walk with a friend in April and, and we were just out in the middle of nowhere. And, and she said she wanted to send some heart pictures to her daughter. And I thought heart pictures and I'm looking on the sidewalks because there are some chalk paints and things that kids have drawn. And I was like, well, send her that. She goes, no, I meant like natural hearts that we would find. And I thought there's, there's no way. Yes, there was, there was a leaf we found that was just exactly finely shaped like a heart. And, and so I just really have started to try to look for the good, look for the opportunity, look for the upside. Um, and it really helps me find the resilience I need. Um, I also try to remember that, um, you know, there can be dark for sure. Um, but the dark can't exist if you're shining a light on it. And sometimes that light comes from external sources and sometimes that light comes from us. Um, and, uh, just trying to, to sort through how to do that, um, and impact others as best I can. Uh, lastly, I just remember my family is counting on me. My friends are counting on me. You know, my colleagues at work, um, always were, were counting on me to, to find that light or that crack in the door or that window or, um, and, um, that can be hard and stressful, or um, it can be a fun challenge um, if we look at it in, in that way. So yeah, you were talking the that idea of um, being open yes. to seeing the hearts. Um, and, it, it, and I'm reflecting on, on bipolar as well, because it's through those deep times, those dark times that you can see so much light um, when you have that disease. Um, especially if you're an outside observer to what's happening, right? You can see how deep and dark the person goes and how high the person can go and, and how disruptive those two are. Um, but the goodness in that is the, you don't get the light without the dark, right? right. If, and, and I reflect on my, um, like I was really sick with 102 fever on Wednesday, but I'm so much better now than I am. Right. And so when you're in that, like, oh, I'm annoyed phase of, gosh, this has been a long time, um, you can still reflect back and be like, but I'm better than I was. Yeah. Right. And today I see a lot of posts on toxic positivity and, and <laughs> whatnot, right? Just being too Pollyanna. But I think, um, you know, it's, it's that balance between acknowledging the presence mm -hmm. and then your control over what you what you have, right? You can go for a walk. You can go look for the hearts. You can um, reach out to a friend. You can do something good for someone else. Um, I was reading, um, no, I was watching a, um, 
a reel on on Instagram and um, one of the the people that I follow is like, hey, when I'm, you know, sometimes just for fun, I go leave nice comments and people stop. Yeah. <laughs> I was Ooh, like, who would have thought? That is a low effort way of brightening someone's day. <laughs> like yeah. a complete stranger, right? Exactly. There's like no effort to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, e- exactly. And and those little things are a big deal. They just mm-hmm. are. Yeah. And then, you know, shifting gears a little bit to, to leadership in business. Um, I, I think, you know, when um, some of the leadership journals and HBR highlight best practices um, in resilience and leadership, uh, mo- most of the times it comes down to scenario planning and then having contingencies, which gets back to, you know, look at all the possibilities ahead of you. Don't assume that your tunnel vision, your perspective based on your background is the only way. Mm -hmm. Um, And proactively think about those contingency plans, um, assuming maybe things won't go perfectly um, with your business or or with your team. And and that helps you and and the whole team be more confident um, as you're having those distractions come up in, in midweek or, or some new opportunities. Um, contingency plans don't always have to be because something negative happened. It could be because something new and, and different and unique and positive happened. Then you have to be open to receiving those when those occur. Um, cause if you're stuck in like, Oh, this is what we're doing right now. You might not see the opportunity that comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, in the tech industry right now, we're seeing a real, you know, halt on spending on hiring. And that's pretty jarring. Cause we're pretty go, go, go. Like the world's always rosy and sunny. And we've, um, you know, with the threat of recession coming, um, we're, we're very much pulling on the, you know, stomping on the brakes. Um, and that feels really jarring. Mm-hmm. Um, the expectations that you have over, well, this is, this is what I'm going to do, you know, and not being open to any change can really be um, disruptive to the entire team as you go through um, whatever the, the environment is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, you call it contingency planning and I call it managing expectations, right? <laughs> yeah. um, which are both the same thing. Um, only one is kind of in the moment, whereas another one is, is um, planful. And I like the combination of those two things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And jarring can be paralyzing. <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes some people are in such a go, go, go mode for years or forever. Um, and they hit that first wall. Um, suddenly it's, oh crap, you know, this, this could happen. <laughs> I never thought that could happen. That could happen again. And, and people really do lose their fitting. So yeah, I always like to talk about the contingency plan. Um, sometimes I was accused of being negative, um, or, you know, not having confidence. And, and my point always was, no, I, I really don't believe we can all read the future. I, I, I just don't believe we have a crystal ball. I, I don't believe it could be hundred percent accurate if we did. So let, let's think about, um, other assumptions, other possibilities and, and get ready for them. Um, and it finally did start to work. Um, and I saw some resilience building and some collegial team, uh, build over time. I like the, um, like let's, the collaboration aspect of getting all of the assumptions out. What are we assuming yeah. is going to happen? 
what else could we assume? Um, and, you know, that puts a positive spin, spin on it from the standpoint of we think it's going to go like this, but what if, you know, what if that market disappears or yeah. you know, what if, if um, there's another opportunity over here, will we be ready for it? Um, and I just like the, um, the visual of people's ideas coming on the table to, to see what we did and didn't think of. Yeah. And then it's fun to go and look back. I'd say um, back in the early 2000s, I was in Indianapolis working in healthcare and we took this to a, a really granular level of scenario planning for the future. And one of the scenarios was, what if gambling is legalized across the country? And what if people are really investing um, in, in new ways of, of money? Um, and, and now I look at that and go, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. here we are, you know, gambling and, and all kinds of new revenue streams, but also new currencies are in our world today. And I think one of them was, you know, what if there's a severe disease or, or a pandemic of source? How, how's that going to affect healthcare? And when we walk through some of those things now, no one's still there <laughs> that went through it, but it is wild to see um, the ideas we thought at the time that would be just never events um, can actually come. Yeah. And even if they don't, just by opening up your mind to those possibilities can help you either anticipate threats or um, see opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. Versus the, you know, this is, we have the plan, we're gonna stick to the plan, we're gonna do this. Mm -hmm. um, it's very, um, it goes back to finding the hearts, right? If you don't, if you don't look for them, you're never gonna see them when they come in. Mm -hmm. And it, it gets um, back to the coaching method as well. When we coach with clients, um, they can come in sometimes and just be like, I, I can't ever do this or, or that, or even if it's a wellness uh, client, you know, I never have time to work out and, and you just sit and talk and go, really? Never, never, ever. And no one, you know, um, has the time to do that kind of thing. And just sitting back a little and going, okay, probably it's not a never thing. Um, and maybe there's a way to get five or 10 minutes in yeah. It's baby steps and yeah. it's possibilities. Hyperbole is a good one when you notice it, right? To, uh -huh. to be like, oh, it's, I'm saying never always, uh -huh. or I can't. Uh -huh. Cannot. I, <laughs> I, cannot. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't cook at home or I can't, you know, I don't know how to cook or I don't know what, um, I don't, I don't know how to work out or that doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. I could. What about a little experimentation? Mm -hmm. what about you know the I never when um I re remember back gosh it's probably been a decade now um I was super stressed it was during financial planning time of year I was a um finance manager the most stressful time um of my year um I had to go up in front of big fancy vice presidents and and defend my business units um financial plans um, for a technology company. And I mean, it was just, it was super stressful. Yeah. And I, um, I got into the habit. Um, there was a, um, a cake company who would 
deliver to my workplace. Oh yeah. <laughs> I got into the habit of like, if we made it until Friday, <laughs> then I would order a cake um, and, and everyone could have cake. Um, they were really good. Um, and then it was like, well, we got it. We, we made it till Tuesday. So, let's have it. so we, we had like cake two times a week. And I got a stupid email from, um, I think it was Oprah or, or um, her engagement with uh, Deepak Chopra or something. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, it was like, instead of having the cake, it was like speaking directly to my soul. <laughs> instead of having the cake, you should meditate. And I remember like standing at my desk in my cubicle and being like, meditate? I don't freaking have time to meditate. What are you freaking kidding me? I can barely have time to go to the bathroom. Nevertheless, meditate. Um, And then the next line was even a minute a day. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I have a minute. (laughs) I I have a minute. I probably had time to order that cake and eat that cake. Exactly. If I have time to eat the cake, I probably have a minute that I can meditate if, if, you know, those are the two choices. So I think that's when my kind of that wellness um, aspect of resiliency and, and stress management came into my life is like, oh, crap. I can, if this is better than that for managing it, then I probably shouldn't apply more cake. I should probably take away the cake and apply um, other things that are healthy, like meditation and working out. And I was working out at the time, um, like five days a week. It was a part of my, my, my overall mental wellness. Yeah. Um, but I was also doing a lot of things like chocolate and alcohol, um, (laughs) (laughs) that feel good in the moment, but don't feel good over time. (laughs) And then you recognize it's like, I'm working out, but then I'm doing all this stuff on the other side. And, and that's how I was now I'm out of alignment is when I'm trying to fix it by working out and not mm-hmm. actually eating well and drinking well and, and, and those things. So yeah, alignment is a big part of that. Well, how about next time we talk about health and well-being? Cause you and I are both getting our, or you're already certified, right? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Congratulations. My <laughs> Kate is certified as a health and well-being coach through Well Coaches, and I'm hoping to complete mine very, very, very soon. Um, but for today, um, how would you wrap up your advice about resilience? I would say um, the best place is to just notice where you can interject things that feed your soul um, and get up and do it, right? See do an index of what makes you feel better, what helps you be in the moment and start small. Good, good. And I would add, um, get up, be proactive about what you want to see. Also recognize what assumptions you're making. Um, And if you're assuming that today is going to be just like yesterday and the day before and last year, you might want to rethink your assumptions a little bit um, and at least throw another one or two um, so that you can have a few ideas about what you might want to do if, if, if um, occurs and not be surprised by it. Well, thank you, Kate. I appreciate it. Thank you, Gwen. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. We'll talk again soon. Sounds good. Thanks. Bye. Bye.